Warning, Marriage on the Rocks provides unfiltered, unconventional, and sometimes unwelcomed relationship advice. Seth and Crystal are certified relationship coaches who have adopted specific methods that work very well for them. Your results may vary. Hey everyone, welcome to our 35th episode of Marriage on the Rocks. I'm Crystal. Did you forget where you were at? Yeah. <laughs> I'm Seth. Uh, every week we have a drink with our discussion. And this week we decided to make some BLTs, is what they call them. Which is uh, bourbon, lemon, and tonic water. It's specifically bullet lemon and tonic. Oh, oh okay. They came up with the drink. They're the ones I, named I it the BLT. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's just a twist on the classic vodka tonic or gin and tonic. It's just whiskey with bullet. We yeah. did the bullet uh, barrel strength. Barrel strength. It is bourbon, though, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah it's bourbon. Yeah. Bur- okay. It is bourbon. Yeah, it's bourbon. <laughs> yeah. It's not the whiskey rye yeah yeah it's bourbon um Uh you know we drink bullet all the time on here Mm -hmm. i think there's enough bullet drinks that we could do this for many weeks really different types of oh that'd be cool yeah of bullet which it's my favorite so we like i'm okay doing that every week but yeah Yeah. and we we just got our new awesome ice mold yeah that makes the i don't know if people can yeah, I don't know. Yeah, see it. It's a it. huge. Oh my gosh! It's yeah. bigger than we thought it was going to be. That's what she said. <laughs> but it's, uh, yeah, we couldn't decide if we wanted the round sphere or the square. And yeah, well, and then we put the big old square in our our glass, yeah. our other glasses, and they didn't fit. Yeah, it wouldn't fit. <laughs> so we we're like, well, I guess we'll use these glasses. But yeah, it, what do you pretty, think of the drink though? It's pretty it's good. Pretty good. Isn't it? Yeah, it is pretty good. And we used our our healthy Zevia. Mm-hmm tonic water because there's no sugar in it no carbs or anything yeah mm-hmm. but it yeah something so simple i i i mean i know you really like gin and tonics and you always get them with lime yeah yeah um mm-hmm. so i i don't know if there's like a faux pas to do lime with bourbon or something yeah i don't know but i like this better than any yeah. gin and tonic or vodka tonic i've ever had it's pretty freaking good i like it yeah i just, I just threw it didn't say to throw a lemon wedge in it i just did Oh, oh okay. Squeeze some lemon on top. Yeah. And well, um, and the the barrel strength is usually like super freaking strong. Where like halfway down, it kicks you in the chest. Mm-hmm. And uh, with this, yeah, it takes the edge it off. It takes sure. that completely out. Yeah. That's yeah, cool. Yeah. It's really good. I like it. It is good. Um. So again, we we're gonna be doing uh, Seth's dumbass post of the week. The pal. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, yeah, this one was great. The uh, I thought it was kind of fitting because we did the... It, for those of you that are following on Friday, we did our Flashback Friday video of our episode 16, which was about health, health and fitness. fitness. Um, it was one that we, we got several comments on of people liking it and, mm-hmm. and enjoying it and uh, had some things to that they could take from it. Um, and I'm sure that there were people that weren't too happy with some of the things we said in there, but we didn't hear from them anyway. Um, so I, I just thought this was this was a, a good one, and, and I think on the surface people would see something like this and just think, oh well, can't you take a joke or that's just funny? But I don't think it. I think that there's some half truth behind it yeah. for some people. Uh, but or it, whole it, truth. Yeah, or whole truth. And it was it was uh, the the post this week that was shared that I snagged. So once again, thank you. Uh, but it said, I love my husband, but what really motivates me to stay married is how much weight I'd have to lose to date again. Yeah. And and once again, it's I think that on the surface, um, and this is actually I won't say her name, but it's it's a credit to a woman that actually tweeted this out, and it's just uh-huh. been repurposed and reshared, and so uh-huh. all of the, you know, I don't have to do anything to keep my husband's attentions type of women are resharing it all over the place. Yeah. Um, but it's one of those things, you know, we've we've talked on here specifically about. You know, ensuring that you're giving the best version of you to your partner. And a statement like that that says, I would have to lose weight or, you know, basically I would have to lose weight if I wanted to date again mm-hmm. to be attractive to someone else. I mean, that's what the, the that's what they're saying. Yeah. Why would you not do that with your partner yeah. who's currently with you? I know. That's awful. I, yeah. I know. And I, we <laughs> we try to give our best versions of ourselves every day throughout the whole year. Um, Unless and there's chicken fried steak involved. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> I know. Or, well, and um, I don't know. I think, like, uh, gosh, like, 
uh, what, what the heck was I going to say? My, I was going to say something about me. About a weakness with food? Yeah, probably a weakness with food. No, I was going to say makeup. I was going to say uh, makeup. With me, you know, I don't, I don't have a job. And I, you know, wake up every morning and we get to, I guess, roll out of, out of bed in our pajamas. But I still want to get ready and put my makeup on and pre- be presentable, even just to my husband. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, yeah, just being the best version, even looks-wise... To your partner is important. I think. Yep. Um, I was, oh, I was going to say, um, remember yesterday, so we went to the flea market uh, this weekend, mm-hmm. and there was this guy at the flea market that oh. said something about his wife, and it's kind of well, it, similar, the, it kind of goes... It was these ladies that were selling some lipstick. cheapy, crappy lipstick makeup or something, and... They stopped and and uh, they stopped this guy walking and he was there with his son. Oh, and it looked like a friend or something. Mm-hmm. And they uh, the the lady stopped and said, "Well, we've got something for you to you can give your your wife. We're doing a discount on makeovers." And and he was like, "Oh no 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 no, I'm I'm not doing that." And they were like, "Well, why not?" And he said, "Well, he goes, I like my wife looking just the way she is. That way, I don't have to worry about anybody hitting on her." Yeah. Or trying to steal her from me. So if she just walks that line of slightly ugly, I'm okay keeping her. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Well, so I didn't hear, I didn't hear, I heard like a kind of a conversation, but Seth heard mo- more of this mm-hmm. conversation and he just starts laughing. I was like, what, what's going on? And so then he tells me that. I was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe that guy said that. That's horrible. Yeah. So I guess like if you're. I mean, even if your husband is thinking that way of you, mm-hmm. <laughs> that says something, too. Yeah. Jeez. Mm. Uh, so this week, we wanted to... I don't know. It, I, personally, it's it's getting... It's been very frustrating, I guess, I'll be honest, with how many of the bad... I mean, not just bad relationship advice, but um, just... Couples out there that are supposed to be quote unquote examples of normal relationships. And I think that what I wanted to kind of get across today was, or just kind of like why, like how being in a bad relationship became the norm. Mm-hmm. Well, one of the things I think to take a step back is we don't we're not making anything off of this. Mm-hmm. This this isn't our job. Mm-hmm. This isn't a means of any income. We don't, we actually lose money yeah. doing this. Yeah. Um, if anything, we aren't trying to get paid. We aren't trying to turn this into a job. This is something that we do for fun. We do for fun because we had, you know, a, the experiences, and I think we probably talked about it in our very first episode, but, but people, Talking to us and other couples that we interacted with, whether they were younger couples or experienced couples, and, and asking our perspective on things, and really understanding and realizing that what we valued in our relationship, typical marriages don't do the same thing. Mm-hmm. But where we're at in in today's world and society is these these other. You know, what other bloggers, YouTubers, podcasters, whatever it are, that are out there on social media, probably, I mean, way more prevalent than we are. Mm-hmm. Um, and as far as that goes, way more successful than we are. Yeah. They all have the exact same message. Mm-hmm. Um, and some of them deliver it a little differently than others. But what we tend to see is the general public just eat up this. I'm in an awful relationship. I can barely stand my husband or my wife, and I've given up on myself, and I've given up on having sex, but it's okay because marriage is hard, and raising kids is tough, and and it's just this, yes, we're stuck together. We don't really like each other too much, but here's how you just don't get divorced. Yeah. And we believe that is the worst message you could to send anybody. to people. Mm-hmm. And and not only is that what they're doing, but the 
droves of people that are gravitated to that, that type message. of message oh. is is what's mind blowing. It's sickening, I think. Yeah. I think it's sad, really, that people. I mean, I know that I know the art relationship isn't the norm. Right. I I understand that, but like at the same time, I don't want I I I wouldn't. I want people to. I want people to see that it can happen. Mm-hmm. You know, you can be in a good relationship. And you can be in a relationship where you don't want to kill your partner. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I just think that there's way too many couples out there that are showing the exact exact opposite. Well, and it's I think from from what we tend to see is when when we make a statement or we do an episode or we share something, whatever it is, um, when we say something to a married couple that's been married for fifteen years, and we say. You should have sex multiple times a week. Mm-hmm. I mean, we said on our sex one that the average person is having sex once a week. Yeah, basically. a little less than once a little a week. less than once a week. Mm-hmm. And so when we come in and say no, you should be having sex, you know, at least three times a week, three to four times a week. Yeah, the response from the general public, especially those that are married, roll their eyes and say, "Yeah, that would be nice. Mm-hmm. We used to." Or wait till you. Have been married for ten years, or wait yeah. till you be married for five years, or wait till you've had kids, or or wait till you gain weight, or wait till whatever. Fill in the blank with whatever dumbass excuse you want to put in there, and so it, it gets dismissed. And then, or the other the other angle is they're lying. Mm-hmm. There's no way that's true. They're they're lying. They're, oh yeah, that's what they think about us. Yeah, yeah they're, they're lying, lying about that. Uh-huh. There, there's no way that they're having sex that much. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the the unpopular quote and unpopular opinion on and the unpopular stance that we take draws heat when what those people really want to hear is oh hey over here my husband doesn't want to touch me either and we're just good strong girls because of it and stay in your jammies all day with your hair down and your makeup undone and and look like crap and don't try to do anything yeah and and that's what these other women want to hear Uh is this this kind of and, and, I, and I don't really want to head down this path, but it is this everybody gets a fucking trophy mentality. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you have, when, when the majority of, when 95% of the people are happy being mediocre, mm-hmm. and not just happy being mediocre, but they want to pat on the fucking back <laughs> for sometimes not even doing the bare minimum. Yeah, I know. And told how great they are and how, how much praise they get. And so when you have 95% of the population that's all mediocre mm-hmm. and are typically some kind of loser category, mm-hmm. but they all support each other, that's where you see this huge following behind it. Mm-hmm. And so that, that other 5% that doesn't fall into that category are kind of left on an island either trying to defend why they aren't lying or defend why they have the relationship they do or why they have the amount of sex they have or why they don't have money problems or whatever you want to throw in there that the other 95% is shaking their finger at. Mm-hmm. You just kind of hit a point where it's like... What the fuck? You know, fuck we don't have anything in common with you. <laughs> yeah, I know. You well, know? okay, so you say um, that they're happy being mediocre. They're not happy, though. That's they the think thing. they are. And they uh, will tell you they are. I'm, there's nothing wrong with my marriage. I'm perfectly happy. I mean, that's but that's one of the places the same, they go to. But in the same even sentences, they could they still are like, you know, I want to I want to kill them and this and that. Right. So how in the hell do you think that you're happy if you are, you know, unhappy with your partner because, with everything that your partner does? Because they don't. And I, I've talked about it from my previous situation. I would not if out of the twelve years of marriage I had. If someone asked me, are you happy? I would have never said, no, I'm not. Uh I thought I was happy. Mm -hmm. I thought that that normal, awful, shitty relationship was supposed to be happy, and I thought I was happy. Mm -hmm. And that that's that's where it's 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 the problem Mm -hmm. is because we've been we have been conditioned and trained that ordinary is bliss, Mm -hmm. and ordinary and normal means good mm-hmm. and it's not and, and and it's and you you can point to all kinds of different stuff and say 
why it's not. Yeah. I mean, there's there there's no reason why people should settle for the bare minimum. Mm-hmm. There's no reason why people should settle to be in a 15 to 25 year rut with their partner. Yeah. But they willingly do. And not only they willingly do that, they scoff and scold those that don't. Yeah. I know. Yeah. They get out of here with your your perfect little marriage and <laughs> you're having sex and you taking care of your body bullshit. I don't need that negativity. You know, yeah. that's kind of how they come I at know. it. And it's uh-huh. like it's like okay. I mean, yeah. it's, it's I don't know what to tell you at this point. Uh-huh. I know. I mean, Ordinary attracts a certain amount of more ordinary, mm-hmm. and that's all it is. And, and if if you're run of the mill, mediocre, ordinary, you're fine. That that's fine. But you're you're not allowed to act like you're in a better position than those that have an extraordinary mm-hmm. relationship. Yeah, I guess. Like, I mean, yeah. Looking back at my old, my previous relationship, um. I I guess at at one point I knew I was unhappy. Mm-hmm. I obviously cuz I, I ended up leaving. But I'm trying to think Were like, you surrounded by a lot of other people that were in your same situation though? Yeah. Really? Uh, yeah, I think I was, but I think that I, I didn't really well not like the exact same situation. Mm-hmm. But um that people that were in relationships for a long time like myself and ju- I think that with with those relationships and even with mine, before I left him, it was like comfortable, you know, I was, yeah. you know, in my comfort zone and I don't, well, you know, what happens after, after you leave, you know, the person you've been with for so, oh, so long mm-hmm. and, um, but yeah, I think that there was people that. Well, and I think that that's where you were wise enough to break the mold. Mm -hmm. You were wise enough to look at what you had or didn't have and recognize that there was something wrong. And I didn't. That didn't hit me. Yeah. And I think that most people, it doesn't hit them. I know. Until it's too late. Uh Uh-huh. And I think that... You know, I think we talked about it on, you know, Signs You're Unhappy or, or that little three series we did on there, but of, you know, people kind of fantasizing what life would be like on the flip side. Yeah. If you weren't in that. And I think that that, that I think that's a very, very powerful thing that people need to look at. If you, if you can imagine a good life without your partner, there's a pretty good chance you could achieve that good life without your partner. Mm-hmm. Um, and on, and I've said it on other episodes too, how... I looked at it like what my really or what my life would look like with my partner, mm-hmm. with that same partner, and knowing that it wasn't gonna wasn't gonna be any better. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, it, but I I think that most people are just have convinced themselves that it's not gonna be any different. Mm-hmm. That it's not going to be any different with anybody else. That it's not going to be any better. Um, you know, we talked about the excuses people make as to why they don't leave. I mean, we've heard a a 15-year married couple that do what we do. They hate each other. Mm-hmm. You can just tell, by the way, she's a bitch. Yeah. And he's a clueless guy. And it sounds like, you know, this. I, I said when we listened to him the first time, it sounded like... Um, in, in Colorado, when we lived there, there's this awful morning show called BJ and Jamie. And I would listen to it every day on my way to work just to see how irritated I could get <laughs> yeah. at Jamie and BJ. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would just torture myself. I don't know why I went through that mm-hmm. every day, just listening to something that I didn't like. It was it, it reminded me of kind of the Howard Stern thing. Huh? Yeah. The, their viewer or listeners, listeners. were hot. The people that hated him were more than the people that liked him. Yeah. And that's kind of how I felt, felt about them. But that's not what's happening with... With some of these other podcasts. No, these other pl- places are like really getting all of these listeners because they are, they're in the, in the same boat mm-hmm. and they, <laughs> they're like, oh yeah, I totally agree. They are so relatable and they speak yeah. the truth and blah, blah, fucking blah. 
but they none of these people realize how awful of yeah. relationship all of them are in. Yeah, yeah. You all are all in the same awful shitty relationship ship that's sinking. Uh huh. But you're like, oh, at least we're in this boat together. Yeah. And, and that that's kind of how the mentality is, and, and that's one of the things that. You know, you, you can you can use money as an example. You can use fitness as an example. If you walk into a gym and you want to know how to get yourself in shape, do you ask the person that's in shape on what they did to get there? Or do you ask the person that looks like they've never stepped foot in a gym? Mm-hmm. And it's the same thing that you have in a relationship. If you want to have a good relationship, why would you ask the person that's in a shitty, we hate each other, I want to smother you at night, you snore and you... You know, don't flush the toilet, and you do this, and I can't stand you, and I have a list of 25 pet peeves on, if I had to pick a new partner, they better not do any of this. Mm-hmm. Why would you want advice from that yeah. instead of the people that don't, either made those mistakes with other partners and have realized those mistakes, or have curbed their behavior, or don't deal with that crap yeah. because they were much better at the selection process of who they decided to spend their life with. Yeah. I know, you know, I don't get it. I, I really don't understand. I mean, I understand that that people can see us as that's just not believable. That it's just. But they don't relate. We're not relatable. Yeah. To, and, and we've said this before. If if you're in a if you're in one of those normal relationships that all these examples we've been giving, you are gonna scoff at what we say, and you aren't gonna be able to relate to how we say to get things done. But I think people completely miss the fact that it's not that we haven't been there. We just haven't been there together. Mm -hmm. We did all of that bullshit with our previous partners. And that's why I'm telling you how unhappy and how awful that type of relationship is. That's not a good, healthy relationship that's going to breed success, that's going to breed happiness, that's going to breed longevity. It's, It's an awful situation to be in. And people will stay in that Forever. Mm-hmm. Forever. It's not, there's not a light at the end of the tunnel for some people. Yeah. Because yeah. they're too scared to leave. They're too scared to walk away. Or, like we've said, they've been convinced by either by themselves or the media or the general public or their friends or family that that is what happiness looks like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's sad. Um, but I was thinking, like, with somebody that becomes a millionaire and someone that has has been like literally came from the ground Mm -hmm. yeah from the ground up self-made yes not not someone that you know already was born Born into it yeah Yeah. and do you think that people would take advice from from someone like that or just selective people take advice from people like that i think that i mean do, do you remember that that Kind of big craze in the, as the eighties kind of transition to the nineties of these people showing the video clips on TV of their massive yachts with all these beautiful women. I went from a I trash think, collector to this. I Attend think, my seminar. I think I do. Remember. So I think that there there is something appealing to that that quote unquote fantasy uh-huh. type of lifestyle. But I at the end of the day, I think that when somebody that has achieved that goal tells you. Step by step, here's what you need to do to achieve what I've achieved. People are like, oh, that's too much work. Yeah. That's too hard. Or it's too late. Or I can't. I've, I've, I'm already too, I can't just quit my job and chase my dream. I can't mm-hmm. just, and, and it's the same thing with relationships. Mm-hmm. When, I, when I list off or we list off, you know, 25 reasons that you can identify with, well, geez, according to Seth and Crystal, I'm with the wrong person. <laughs> And you immediately say, well, I'm already with them, so I'll just stay. Uh Then that level of happiness that we have is not attainable to that person with the current partner they're with. Uh And that's one of the things that we addressed, you know, several episodes ago was why do you guys continually have this similar message that maybe I should just get divorced? Yeah, yeah. And it's like, because sometimes the first step to achieving this goal is the toughest step to take. Yeah. And you can talk yourself out of it for 150 good excuses. I'm not uh-huh. saying they're bad excuses. They're good excuses. But they're still excuses. Uh-huh. And it's the same thing with, with saving money. Well, if you want to save money, I'm sorry. But you can no longer go buy video games and go get tattoos and get rims for your car and blah, all this other stuff that you shouldn't be doing. Well, 
well, I can't do that. Mm-hmm. I've got to. I mean, what am I going to do with my downtime? I've got to have something when I'm at home. I've got to, I've got to you know, get rims because I've got to go. I mean, you will, you will immediately sabotage the goal because you're not willing to give up what you should give up. Mm-hmm. And, and it, same thing with fitness. You know, fitness is very simple, easy, three-step process. Yeah. Lift weights, do cardio, and eat healthy all the time. Yeah. All the time. <laughs> yeah. How it's the people? easiest thing in the world to figure out what the solution is, but 95% of the people won't do those three things. I know. Or they'll do one, but not the two. And, and you have to do all of it. Mm-hmm. And, and it's, you know, once again, it all, it's all the same as when it comes to any type of transition or advice that's going to get you to the better end. I mean, we've talked about it with, with promotions at work. You have to be at work on, you have to be the hardest worker in the room, be at work on time, be the last one to leave, get all your projects and stuff done on time, and don't make excuses. You know, whatever the little formula is to be an outstanding employee, well, I can't make it to work on time every day. I mean, something's going to happen. Well, you just have to ensure that nothing does happen. Yeah. You know, you, uh-huh. oh, I can't stay late every day because I got to pick up the kids. Okay, well, then you're not the hardest worker there. Uh-huh. And so. But you the, don't want it. Yeah. You know, more than that other person. Right. And, that, and that's, that's where we're at, where all of these people, hundreds of thousands of them across the country, that aren't willing to recognize work and change the situation they're in have all decided to just band together, to pat each other on the back and tell each other it's going to be okay, that my lot in life sucks, that I, you know, I'm never going to do anything else, that this is it, and, and my marriage is, is crap, but I'm going to pretend it's okay if you pretend it's okay. And You know, I know, and, and it's, and, you know, I guess as much as we say, <laughs> or people probably think that we say, that you should leave the, the relationship that you're in, but even even trying to make it better, mm-hmm. people don't want to do that either. Yeah. They just want to have their partner accept them for who they are and, yeah. you know, be fat and lazy. Our vow said for better or worse. Yeah. And, and you, you use that as an excuse to not, once again, bring the best, best version. And I'm not talking weight. No. I'm talking your attitude. I'm talking everything. Mm-hmm. I mean, when you tell somebody and, you know, if you tell a woman... To keep your husband happy and to keep them from straying or looking at anybody else, take care of yourself and have sex with him on a regular basis throughout the week. Well, I can't always do that. I mean, as soon as you roll your eyes, you have just made the excuse mm-hmm. that you aren't willing to do whatever it takes to stay in your marriage, which, I mean, you're a woman. Whenever you say do whatever it takes, it makes it sound like it's a lot of work. Yeah. And I it's know. not. I know. And if, well, you if, know that's and that that um, that saying kind of irritates me anyway, and I'm sure it probably irritates a lot of women because it it does sound chauvinistic, right? And like, well, she did what it takes to, you know, to keep her man, or she did what it takes to. I'm missing what's wrong with this. I think. <laughs> but I think that a woman does need to do what it takes to. Mm. And a man. Well, yeah, it's both. not to give it's the not, guy. A, it's a not pass. just one person mm-hmm. doing all of the work, doing what it takes. It's both people, yeah, consistently doing what it takes mm-hmm. to keep each other, to keep each other happy. Right. But and I think that that's where people don't want to do that. They mm-hmm. they just and and once again, if 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 you go to a counseling session with your partner and the wife says. Well, counselor, I'm unhappy because my, my husband's not attentive. He doesn't help out around the house. Um, he doesn't help out with the kids. I don't remember the last time he cooked dinner. I don't uh, remember the last time he paid me a compliment. Um, he leaves the toilet seat up. He snores all night. He, you know, goes out with the guys all the time. And you know, what are all these, you know, once again, normal qualities that 95% of men have. And you ask the guy, well, what's the problem with your wife? They're going to say the same thing. All of them will say the one thing. We aren't having enough sex. <laughs> And, and, and that's it. Uh-huh. And pretty much guaranteed, your laundry list of what you don't like about your husband, if you were giving him more sex, probably you could get him to do all those other things. Yeah, I know. Or he would do it on his own. Yeah. Well, I know. Even even the um, article that I just shared about Ashley Graham mm. and how she said that you know, the secret basically to a successful marriage is to have sex. Have yeah. lots and lots of sex. And to even have sex when you don't feel like having sex. And 
I, the the quote or whatever from it that I liked was that, you know, if they feel a little bit snippy or whatever, mm-hmm. they it's probably because they haven't had sex. Yeah. So just have sex. Right. <laughs> yeah. And everything else works itself out. Yeah. Um, I, I, I would be a little cautious with the have sex even when you don't feel like it. Because I think that some people could look at that and be like, well, that's how it starts to feel like work. Mm-hmm. And if you're sitting there saying, I don't remember the last time I had sex and actually felt like it. Oh, man. There's your big red flag <laughs> that you probably have a little red flag you're not real happy with in the house. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, or something. Uh-huh. I mean, the, how can you take one of the, the most enjoyable things that two people can do with one another and flip it on its end to where you hate doing it, you don't ever want to do it, you never crave it, you never want it, and you don't understand why they always want it. Yeah, well, yeah, and I think that that's how a lot of women mm-hmm. feel. They are, they probably, there is probably a lot of women out there that are saying, yeah, I don't remember the last time that I wanted it. That is, yep. that's really sad. Yep. Or we only have sex once every two months because that's the only time I want it is once every two months. Uh-huh. Um, but, I mean, this isn't the sex episode. I know. We've talked about that. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and I think that when it comes to, I don't know if you want to say the our frustration with it or, you know, the opportunity to kind of vent on this. I mean, you, 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 you kind of hit it when you first said it. I, I don't understand it. I just, I don't understand why people are gravitated to this type of tongue-in-cheek bad advice that's kind of presented like a joke Mm -hmm. so I don't have to feel so bad about agreeing with it. I think it's the same thing like how I would, whenever I was overweight, how I would joke about myself, Mm. you know, being overweight. I think it's the same type of thing where, well, if I joke about it, it's okay. It makes things a little bit better mm-hmm. in my life because you feel a little more in control if you yeah. can find the humor in it mm-hmm. or something. Yeah. But the humor in the awful life. Yeah. <laughs> I don't What's know. so humorous about I know. that? Yeah. Well, and, and I, th- I think that that's part. I think finding the humor in it is a piece of it. I also think that people. And you see it a lot around this time of year because we are in the New Year's resolution phase. But you see a lot of this admitting there's a problem is the first step. Mm-hmm. Which, it's not even a step. The The self-recognition that something isn't wrong is nothing to brag about. Mm-hmm. And, and people want, you know, want a fucking trophy for being like, well, I realized I need to change and that's the hardest part. No, it's not. <laughs> that's not the hardest That's part. not the hardest part at all. Yeah. But people want to think that just that fleeting thought that whatever it is you're trying to fix, whatever it is you're trying to make better, whatever you're trying to excel at, that just, well, I've realized I need to do it. So what? Successful people realize what they need to change every day to be more successful. Mm-hmm. It's not this big epiphany light bulb that goes off on December 31st that says, well, I'm going to, oh, I'm going to start thinking about changing that. And that's the hardest part. Now everything just needs to fall into place. Mm -hmm. And you're you're an idiot. Yeah. (laughs) If I say it out loud, if I say it out loud, it's going to happen. Right. And, or if I tell everybody, here's what I'm going to do, then that's some kind of way to hold myself accountable. Uh Which we all know doesn't happen because those of us that aren't doing that and just continual continue to make progress we notice that every year you say you're going to do the same thing and you never commit to it Mm -hmm. and it's the same thing with with your relationships but what it is once again it's just all these people with with i don't know if i'd say failure or whatever you want to call it all over them that just gravitate to one another yeah um and, and and I I don't understand why. Yeah, I know. You know, I I was always raised, even in sports. I, m- I remember my parents telling me, "You don't ever want to be the best player on your team." Really? Yes. Why? Because the level of competition isn't there. 
If you're always the best person, you lose the sense of you want to be around other people that are better than you because they're going to make oh, you better no. than you. Okay, I understand that. Yeah. Uh-huh. And what we have now is everybody that got benched. I mean, and I grew up. I played baseball uh, most of my life, and I played in you know in the '80s and going into the '90s where you know, it, and I coached my son. And totally different rules. Mm-hmm. If you sucked, I mean, we had. I think we had. 12 kids on our team. Our rosters were 12-man rosters for baseball, and you had nine guys on the field. And that means three people were sitting on the bench. Mm-hmm. One of those was usually another pitcher mm-hmm. or a decent backup player, and the other two were absolutely worthless. Mm-hmm. They sucked. They batted. Oh, oh, and we only got to, you only had to bat nine people in the lineup. So we had kids on our team that would not play for nine innings of baseball for 30 games a season. They sat on the bench in their uniform and watched the good kids play. How did they feel? Well, it's obvious how they felt because those same losers that weren't good at that sport are now the ones coaching the kids now and changed the rules that said, well, I sat my entire life because I wasn't good. I wasn't part of the sport. And they didn't make the cut. And I know this sounds awfully harsh, but they didn't make the cut to play. And I played in in competitive type of baseball where – you know, we won championships and we played games and you were either good or you weren't. Mm-hmm. And they were the ones that weren't good. Mm-hmm. But they grew up being bench warmers. Yeah. And then the bench warmers said, well, you know, I've got kids now and I don't want my poor child to go through what I did. And I'm not yeah. saying what they went through was right, wrong, or, or fair or anything. Well, they I'm shouldn't have been the on facts. the team, period. Yeah, go find another thing to yeah. do. But they're like, oh, I want my child to be able to play whatever and... I want them to actually get the opportunity to play. Mm-hmm. And that's why we have what we have now, mm-hmm. is we have a bunch of bench warmers that weren't good enough to actually make the cut, mm-hmm. and now they're the ones that are kind of in control of, yeah. of who's making the cut and making the team. And when I started coaching baseball, I had to take I had to take a good kid. It was almost like equal opportunity for little league sports. <laughs> I had to take the kids that were good players and put them on the bench so the kids that were scared to death of the ball and couldn't swing a bat and couldn't catch a ground ball and couldn't run the bases had the opportunity to play when they were completely out of their element in the first I place. I think the part of that is I think that when you were growing up, that that was the parents' fault for even even allowing their kid to stay on Try the, out team. For the team. <laughs> yeah, if you know your kid is shitty at baseball and they don't play on the freaking, you know, they don't, they're not on the the batting lineup or anything. Mm-hmm. Why, why waste your freaking money? Yeah. You know, I think that I think that's the parents' yep. fault. Then, and, and and I will say we had one kid that uh, I, I remember his name clearly, and he and, and the the kids were great kids. It's not like they were they weren't loser kids. Mm-hmm. They weren't you know they weren't outcast children. They were just in an element that they weren't good at. Mm-hmm. And I remember one of them, his parents finally after like two or three seasons of him sitting on the bench. We, you know, we, we dropped him off of the team and he went to a baseball camp and got good. Really? And we ended up playing his team a next season and he was, the same thing happened to me. Oh, it did. I told you that story. uh The first year I played, I joined a team where it was a bunch of regulars from a local church and they didn't give me the opportunity to play and and nobody really took the time to set me down and show me how to play. And and what to do? And I was scared of the ball. I got I think I got beaned really early on, and really? so that was a, a thing I had to get over. And after one season, they dropped me off the team, and I got picked up and played that team my very first game of the next season. And first at bat hit a double, second bat got a triple. I think I threw like three or four of them out while I was playing second base, uh-huh. and they were like, "Wow, you got good!" And it's like, "Yeah, I did get good." Uh-huh. Um, I practiced and somebody taught me how to play. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I stepped up to the challenge. Yeah. But I, I would like to think that if I was in something over my head that I was trying my best and still wasn't good at, my parents would have at least had the common sense to be like, you know what? This this just isn't your thing. Mm-hmm. Let's let's get you into something that you can excel yeah, at. Yeah, I know. Not everybody's going to be good at everything they do, right. and that's fine. Uh-huh. You know, not everybody's athletic. Not everybody's smart. Not every. I mean... 
Not everybody is going to win first place at the science fair. Right. I guess I did that too. <laughs> oh my gosh. Son. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but not. I mean, not everybody's going to be valedictorian. I mean, right. you. It's okay to recognize that people do things better than you, mm-hmm. but we don't want to say that anymore. And, and what's happened is the ones that, and, and I know losers a harsh word, but the non-winners are sitting there thinking, well, they think those winners think they're so much better than us because they're winning. And the winners aren't the ones saying, oh, look at me, I'm better than you. No, it's the losers that are saying that about yeah. the winners. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and you can either step up and either become a winner mm-hmm. or not. Yeah. But I think that that's, that's, once again, it all ties back in with what we're talking about, that not everybody's good at everything they do. Some of you are going to make horrible wives. Not everybody's going to be a good wife. Not everybody's going to be a good husband. Not everybody's going to be a good partner. Mm-hmm. But if you want to figure out how to be a good partner, We're... surround yourself by winners well... that, are, that are excelling at that. Not other bench warmers that are awful wives and awful husbands yeah. with awful kids and awful attitudes. Yeah. You're, you're not going to get any better. I know. I think uh, our, like with your little story, I like to think that we are the coaches that, like, coached you and gave you the opportunity to, to excel in baseball. Well, and my, our last rela- my last relationship was the first shitty team that yeah. I was not good at. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I, I just needed a new team. Uh-huh. I know. And, and, and that's, you know, once again... People don't want to recognize that. They just want to be like, yeah, I'm okay. I'm on the bench. I'll just sit here and I'll, I'll make fun of everybody that uh, is doing better than me. And, and uh, if I can just get enough people that are doing as bad as I am and we can band together and pat each other on the back, well, at least we'll all feel better about this. Mm-hmm. And that's that's where it's just sad. It is. And I think that that's where, you know, uh, you know, we, we, we say that one of our – it's on our business cards. One of our biggest slogans or mottos or, or catchphrase or whatever you want to say is good relationships don't take hard work. Mm-hmm. But I think that we need to update that to, I don't know, what was I saying? That marriage on the rocks is, or, um, is for extraordinary relationships, not ordinary, ordinary. relationships. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, because I think ordinary relationships aren't going to relate. And if an ordinary relationship wants to stay ordinary... There's nothing anybody can say or do that's going to make them want to be extraordinary. Yeah. They have to make that decision on their own. Uh-huh. Stay ordinary, then. Yeah. Stay ordinary and, you know, keep hating your partner and keep being dissatisfied with your life and keep being, you know, um, upset or jealous or um, whatever you want to throw in there of, of why other people are happier than you. Mm-hmm. C- keep making the excuses. Mm-hmm. You know? And, and we... It's not just this that we get surrounded by with this same type of mentality. It, it, it's it's one of those things where really, I guess, personally, those people that, that listen or see us that don't know us, um, we, we, we're we used to dealing with that same yeah. type of, of, I guess, not fitting into that type of mold. Mm-hmm. Well, I know, um, what, what, I think it was the Andre the Giant documentary that we were watching and good story oh excellent really good documentary um but i think it was him was it him or uh what what was the ronnie coleman one maybe mm-hmm. or maybe it was even both that you know they say that you know when you're when you're at the top it's it's lonely yeah <laughs> you know and that's that's how winning mm-hmm. is i guess yeah you know people don't want to well, I've, I've used the comparison of the underdog. Mm-hmm. Everybody likes an underdog, and everybody likes to fancy themselves an underdog. But a true underdog story is they become a champion. Yeah. If you are always the underdog and you have not become a champion, that's not an underdog. You're a loser. Yeah. And, <laughs> yeah. and people don't like to hear that. Well, mm-hmm. I'm the underdog in life. Well, how? Because... Well, when you are an underdog in the moment, you don't recognize you're the underdog. You are someone striving. Do you think Rudy really considered himself an underdog? It's only an underdog story because of how it ended. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, it's, you know, it's a loser story. It's not an underdog story. Yeah. Um, You know, I've I've talked about 
the Tom Brady thing. Everybody loved Tom Brady yeah. when Drew Bledsoe got injured and the young kid that was so low in the draft pick got a chance to step up to the plate and prove mm-hmm. himself. But once they realized how good he was, he's the most hated person in yeah. NFL and maybe the most hated person in NFL history. Oh, I know. I know. I just saw a meme today saying we may not like the same team, but we all hate Tom Brady. Yeah. You know, everybody freaking hates him. Newsflash, I'm a huge Patriots fan, by the way. <laughs> he is. And and if, if for nothing else, that's one of the things that keeps me a big fan, is everybody's <laughs> hatred for Tom Brady. Um, but if, if Tom Brady had stepped in that game and, and won the first Super Bowl that he did and then broke his leg and never heard from him again, everybody would have talked about what a great career he could have had. And, yeah. held, and they would have been, you know, kissing his ass and talking about great... But because he kept winning... It was... Fuck him. Yeah. And I went to the same thing as a Red Sox fan uh-huh. for, you know, 98 years not winning a, a championship. Everybody was behind him when they finally won their first World Series in almost 100 years, and they did, and then they won again. It's like, okay, well, hold on. Slow down. Yeah. We don't well, want you to be that good. Yeah. yeah. And, and that's the same thing that that people in a winner's circle deal with. Mm-hmm. Is, what's the saying? Everybody wishes you success, just not more success than they have. Mm-hmm. Um, and once you start to pass that, you they put you in a different category. Yeah, not you don't yourself. ascend to this different category that puts you on a pedestal and makes you better than everybody else. But that's what the people that you passed view you as, mm-hmm. and they're the ones that are actually doing that. Um, and so that's yeah, you know, that, that's just one of those things that you you just see with that same type of mentality uh, of people that don't want to put the recognition in when it's when it's deserved. Yeah. Um or even ask you know how 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 did you how did you do that? Uh-huh. How did you how did you get to that level? What what was it that you did? Well, and people that do ask really do want to become better. They want to have a better relationship. Mm-hmm. They I mean and I guess but there's also those people that ask just to ask so they feel better about because they asked (laughs) you know Mm -hmm. and they're not going to do anything about it anyway yeah but i don't know i don't know i can't can't even get started about those kind of people because they think they want to change but they won't well it's the same they like talking about it they think that talking about it is some kind of badge of honor Mm -hmm. um you know it's it's one of those things when we we I say we, but I, I, I deal with it quite a bit whenever I meet somebody for the first time. I don't ever say anything. And, and even, even the friends that we hang out with, I'm never the first one to ever bring up fitness. Mm-hmm. I don't talk about it. I don't ask people what gym they joined. Yeah. I don't ask them what their New Year's resolution is. A, I don't care. And B, it's just not who I am at my core. I don't, I'm not the one that talks about it, but every time we meet especially a guy, if I meet a guy for the first time that's not in a gym, one of the first things they say is they talk about what they intend to do to get back in shape. Or they tell you how, how they, they used, used to be, be in shape, shape. <laughs> which is nothing to do with the conversation we're having. Yeah. I don't ask. I don't prompt it. I don't care uh-huh. if you go to the gym or not. I'm not... I'm not competing with you. Yeah, you're not going to be like, this. I don't like that person. Yeah, I don't they like don't that person because, you know... Their arms only look like they're about like 10, 11 inches around, and you can't, you gotta be bigger than that to hang out in my car. You know, I, I don't I care. I know not everybody's gonna be into fitness, and most people are into fitness whole pizza in their mouth instead. <laughs> but I don't bring it up. Yeah. I'm not judging you on the fact that you don't go to the gym. It's, do I realize you don't? Yeah, I can tell you don't, but that doesn't change how I'm gonna feel about you. Or the level of friend we're going to be. But most most guys, as soon as we start start talking, once again outside of the gym, they just try to organically bring it up, yeah. and it has nothing to do with the conversation, and it kind of kind of throws me off because uh-huh. like, I'm like, why, why did you bring that oh, up? Okay, that's great. Okay, I don't care what your glory days were, and I think you're probably overinflating the numbers that you say you used to bench. <laughs> but who and, cares anyway? You know, or, or, but they feel like they have to say something so that they feel accepted by you. me. Uh-huh. And 
Once again, I don't care. Uh-huh. It's not that's not a a level of measure. Do you think that that's what people do with like with relationships with? Uh, I think it's a, a little bit different because I think people are like, well, you know, they say the things like, well, wait till you've been married for X amount of years and stuff like that. But they don't really, people don't really, like, I guess that have been happy before. They don't really say that, well, I used to be that happy in my relationship. Like you're saying that, I guess I'm confused. You're saying that, like, somebody that's, like, the example we were looking at with the, the well, there, there, just to give context, there was somebody that shared this thing about um, not having, oh, it was this book from, like, like the 60s or something like that, but it was, I can't remember the title, but it was really, the title may have been, you know, however many, 50 ways to, or 50 excuses to give your husband to keep him off of you. Mm-hmm. And it was basically a a book about what to say to your husband to keep them from wanting to have sex with you. Mm-hmm. And it was written in, in, you know, in this format of, you know, we don't have, we don't want to always have sex. And, and so the, the lady that shared it was kind of tongue in cheek, like, ha ha, look at this. But seriously, what's the number, what's the, what's some of the excuses you've used ladies for your husband yeah. to have sex? And, and you would see the, you know, I have a headache. Um, I just pooped. Uh, I have cramps. I have a yeast infection. Oh, my period just started. Or all these, like you would see like 20 women that would have their excuses they use. And then every once in a while you would have somebody that say, that would say, and and so the girls that would say all these, you know, I have a yeast infection, had 367 likes and ha-has and loves, and then 45 comments reaffirming that that's a good excuse to use. Mm Mm-hmm. And then you'd go like 20 comments down and you'd see one, one young lady or one woman, uh, whatever, of varying you know, longevities in their relationships or maturity levels or whatever that would say, I, I have sex with my husband all the time. And then they would just get Slammed. bashed yeah. by these other women. Like, shut up and, and no, you don't and you're a liar and okay, wait until – like once somebody said something about her fiancé. Well, my, why would I ever not want to have sex with my fiancé? And then, so of course, the first answer was, "Well, wait until you're married." Yeah. Uh huh. And then the next one was, "Well, wait until you have kids." And she's like, "Well, we've we already have three kids together." Uh-huh. And then the next one was, "Well, wait until you've been you know you've been married for ten years." And she's like, "Well, we've already been living together for eight, you know, or something." <laughs> and it's like you, the people that don't that aren't living that life don't think that that life is possible. Yeah. And they think that either. It's almost like this this very negative, I told you so. Uh-huh. It's really saying your life is going to suck and it's going to be miserable. And one of these days you're going to be on this side of the fence just of watch. misery with us. Just you just watch. watch. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I know. Well, I'm just trying to think if like, I think that people do that online a lot. And mm-hmm. I think that pe- some people can say say that in person. Like, wow, you guys look really happy. Just wait mm-hmm. until... You know, you guys haven't married very long, have you? Yeah. Well, that's one of the things that we will get. And now that we've we've been together, you know, eight years, eight years, getting you know, I don't want to say getting up there because somebody's been together for thirty would think we're still brand new. Yeah. And, but from my last relationship, I, I've said on here multiple times, it started to go downhill after two years together. Mm-hmm. Out of twelve, we've been together for eight years and going on married for six. Mm-hmm. And it hasn't started to go downhill. No. And so that's where you, you kind of see the sliding scale of, of, of people say, well, well wait, wait till you've been married for two years. Like, mm-hmm. Well, okay, well, we've been married for almost six. Oh, well, then some, well, wait till you're married for 10. Mm-hmm. And then once you pass the 10, oh, well, my, my marriage didn't really get really bad until I was married for 15. And it's like, no, it wasn't. Your marriage has been bad for a very long time. Yeah, There's not a special... A, a secret number that just you cross after a certain point and then all of a sudden your marriage falls apart and yeah. your wife starts not wanting to have sex with you and your husband starts acting like a moron and cheating on you. Something happened multiple phases all, all of along that, that time. Mm-hmm. Nobody just flips a switch. And so if you are taking the precautions to make sure that those multiple little factors that lead to that miserable phase don't happen, shocker, you don't ever cross over to that other side. Mm-hmm. But people that have just 
automatically assume and think with a very strong conviction that everybody's going to do that. It's the same like we talked about with when we mentioned the cheating thing. People that get cheated on assume that everybody else will get cheated on. Mm -hmm. And it's, well, that's that's just not true. Yeah. Um, And it's the same thing with being unhappy or happy. It's not that you made a decision to be unhappy. You just didn't do the preventive maintenance that you needed to in your relationship, starting at square one with who you picked and getting to the point 15 years later where you hate each other. Yeah. Multiple things happen. You picked a person you shouldn't have been married with in the first place. You picked somebody you didn't have anything in common with. You picked somebody that didn't have a high sex drive. Then you decided to have fucking kids. And then you decided to have another one. And then you decided to have another one. <laughs> then you decided to move. And, then, and, and, and so there's, there's, you know, you can probably find 25 different things that all collectively came together to put you into this point where you hate your life and you just want to be surrounded by other people that hate their lives as much as you do. Mm-hmm. Because misery loves company. Yeah, that's one of I my know. favorite sayings. Misery loves company. Yeah. And that's why I think we see a lot of the uh, the community sense behind these these really just bullshit other you know, bad advice, and, and like I've said, is we're all in this boat together type of, you know, relationships. I know. When, break the mold. Yeah, yes. That, I think that's the Just, biggest thing, is to to not, <laughs> not take this stupid advice, and, and I guess, like, how, how are we you know, telling these people that this, our advice is way better than <laughs> than the other dumbass advice that you're getting. Well, because the dumbass advice isn't really advice. It's just acknowledgement that they're in a bad situation. Uh-huh. You know, it's like we, we've heard another couple talk about sex. And when they said they read the same, they got, they read the exact same study we did. Mm-hmm. And they shared the exact same, exact statistics. same statistics that we did. And they both looked at each other and said, you know what? Well, with, with us having kids and us being married for 15 years, you know, once a week is pretty good. Mm-hmm. All right. If you don't think anything's wrong, then there's no reason you're going to work to try to change it. Yeah. And, and so they didn't really give any advice. I mean, they gave kind of the canned and cliche, which, I mean, I, I think we've probably done some of the same things. Like, you know, go on date night and do this. And, yeah. And, mm-hmm. But they weren't really putting in any, any effort to change it. I mean, when you look at other ones... What I'm about to say, I, I'm not discrediting this, but when another piece of advice is pray, mm-hmm. that there has to be more to it than that. Yes. You can't just say, oh, your relationship's bad. Oh, your, your, your partner's cheating on you. Or you think they're cheating on you. They're not paying attention to you or they're inattentive or whatever. Well, pray about it. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm yeah. not saying not to do that. Pray about it. But... Listen. What are you doing to fix it? Uh-huh. Because you need to make some sort of effort on your behalf to fix it. Yeah. And and I don't think that's real advice either. Yeah. I, I mean, real, real advice is, well, you know, we're having problems. We're arguing all the things we've talked about, and we'll have more sex. Mm-hmm. Are you even trying that? I mean, and, and that, that's, that's, you know, it's a rhetorical question for us, but to people listening... Are you trying that? Are you guys fighting and having a hard time with each other? Have more sex. Mm-hmm. And if you keep coming up with why you can't have more sex, eliminate those excuses. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't feel sexy. Okay, then make yourself feel sexy. Well, I'm not attracted to my husband anymore. All right, then have that tough conversation. Yeah. And and have him do it. Guys are a little more thick-skinned to that than women are. So, you, you know, feel free to have that conversation well, a little bit. Well, you think, though? Like, do you think that guys are more thick-skinned? I would like to think they used to be. Maybe not now. <laughs> Because I think that, that that could probably be upsetting, even for a guy, for his wife to tell him that. You know, oh, but... I, I think most time, guys I aren't think, in denial about it, though. Most yeah. guys, when they're fat, they know they're fat, and they joke about them being fat, and they tell everybody they're fat. And most bitches will freaking tell their husband that, too. Yeah. Well, and most guys, most guys that are overweight aren't surrounded by other fat men telling each other that they're just fluffy, and that they're curvy, <laughs> yeah. and that they're beautiful just the way they are. Right. You know, uh-huh. other guys will say, oh, yeah, he's the fat one over there. Mm-hmm. You know, hey, f- hey, fat Mike or whatever, you know, the, whatever yeah. the name is. I mean, Kevin Smith had a jersey all the time that he wore that said Fat, fat Man, Man. Uh-huh. with the Batman logo on it. So it, it, it's a different type of, 
you know, realm with that mm-hmm. uh, when it comes to to the guys. But but what whatever the excuse is, the why you're not trying the effects. You know, if you say you need to dedicate one night a week to go out with one another, well, we've got kids. We we you know we don't have. Then find a fucking babysitter. Make it work. If you aren't willing to do that stuff, then it's not going to improve. Yeah. But that's where the people that listen, the people that do do those things, those are the ones that don't ever cross that border of we're, we're happy, we love each other. We're, the honeymoon phase doesn't stop. Mm-hmm. But when you, when you just keep throwing up excuses and white flags of why you can and can't do this, then there's the majority with open arms, wet, ready and willing to welcome you with a huge I told you so. Come here. Come here. You're oh, one of us. Yeah. You're, you're, you're Come over to the side <laughs> oh of gosh. awful, shitty relationship land uh-huh. because that's where we all are. And, and you know, our grass isn't that green. But remember, just water your own grass and don't worry about everybody else's. Yeah. So just come over here with us onto this side of the fence uh-huh. when, you know, the very small amount of people that are actually in good, great, healthy, happy sex-driven, flirtatious, fun relationships will just keep living their life the way they are. Yeah, and keep being happy the way they are. (laughs) Keep being happy. That's the old people at the nursing home. They're going to get caught doing it in the yoga room (laughs) by everybody else. Yeah, Uh uh-huh. I mean, it's, you know, be the the fun, sexy, older couple when you get older, Mm -hmm. not the... The Ed and Ethel that hate each other and is just waiting for one of them to die. Yeah, that one, that one couple. That yeah. we because if if you're already there, if you're already halfway joking about that stuff, and you're in your fucking thirties yeah. or forties, how much are you gonna hate your partner when you're eighty? <laughs> yeah, I know. That's the thing. You know? And that's that's what I I just don't I just don't understand it. Like why. Why, people? Why are you staying in these awful relationships? Mm-hmm. And you're, you're just choosing unhappiness and, for your own life. And they don't magically just get better. No. I think, that, and I think that relationships are salvageable. I think you can fix it, and you can repair it, and you can get on a better path. Uh, and we've talked about things like that. But just thinking that time is going to repair it mm-hmm. or... Because it's not going to get any better. Your your bar of your relationship is going to continually lower. And, and you can point directly to that with sex. And I said it in the sex episode. Nobody goes from the honeymoon phase in a relationship of having sex all the time to overnight we aren't having sex anymore at all. Mm-hmm. It's a gradual, gradual. decline. Somebody uh-huh. is continually lowering that bar with a an excuse intact as to why the sex is getting less and less and less and less. And if you're upset now because your wife is only having sex with you once a week, here comes my I told you so. Wait another two years when you're having sex once a month. Mm -hmm. And then wait another two years after that when you're having sex once every quarter. And then once every six months. And then once a year. And then none at all. Because that is your future. That's where it's heading. It is your future. And it was your previous relationship. So, yeah, we are here to tell you from our previous experiences, all the shit that we went through and our shitty relationships mm-hmm. with other people like fucking learn from us <laughs> seriously it's irritating mm-hmm. i don't understand it yeah get it through your thick freaking skulls people yeah well i mean and, and we in, in my last relationship we were surrounded by other couples that were like us mm-hmm. and that's where you know we got into things we've talked about in other episodes well we may be unhappy but we're not as unhappy as them mm-hmm. And and that's where I, w- I would hope people have couples where it's like you know what I, I see them and I they're they're about as happy as we are that that's nice to see yeah I've never seen them argue with one another I've never seen her put him down I've never seen him complain about them not having sex I've never you know and all these telltale signs that we talk about that's what I like to see I know in other and thankfully that we, hang out with. we see that now yeah. in other couples that we do hang out with mm-hmm. and. Yeah, it it isn't just Seth and I that are happy out yeah. there. Yes, there we are very few and far be- between um, the happy couples, but there's other happy couples out there, mm-hmm. not just us. That have different formulas than we do. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. That have a different mix. They have kids. They've been married longer. They dated longer. They have multiple kids. They're younger. They're older. Whatever. There's mm-hmm. There's different factors. There's not one complete fix-all for every... 
separate lifestyle, but there is one path you can take to head towards a bleak future with your partner, and that's to do nothing about it mm-hmm. and <clears throat> think and continue to practice the normal, ordinary bad relationship is a good thing because mm-hmm. it's not. No, it is not at all. That and that's what we're that's what we are here to tell you, especially today is stop being fucking normal. Like like you said before, you know, try try to be extraordinary, yeah. not ordinary. Mm-hmm. Have a better relationship with your partner. Yeah. And and once again, if you do have kids, you're showing your kids a bad example of, mm-hmm. of I mean, do you, do you want your kids to be as, as happy or as unhappy as you are? Mm-hmm. Well, that's how my parents were, so it yeah. must, be, must be right. No, you don't want your kids to mm-hmm. to be grow up that way yeah. with their future husbands and wives. Yeah. yeah, so I think that about sums up our rant for the <laughs> for of an episode for today. Um, but I think that it, it needed to be said, and I think that, like I said, I was getting very frustrated with everything that's out there, just showing showing everyone else bad examples, and I mean, look at the good examples, mm-hmm. and try to mimic their behaviors, but I think that, yeah, about sums it up for this week. Yep. All right. Well, um, as always, thanks again for listening. Um, Don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Instagram, SoundCloud, iTunes, all of that. And we will talk to you next week. Thanks.